Good afternoon, hockey fans. Welcome to this week's episode of From the Press Box right here on the AHL Report. It is August 1st, believe it or not. We have officially entered the last month that we will experience without hockey this summer, although we're actually experiencing some hockey. We're going to get into that in a little while. In any case, I'm your host, Amy Johnson, the lead correspondent here at the AHL Report. And of course, I'm joined every week. I couldn't do this show without my wonderful co-host, the one and only editor-in-chief of the Rocket Sports Media family of brands, Mr. Rick Stevens. How are you today? I'm doing very well. It's uh, always good to talk about hockey, and um, but particularly when there's so much to talk about in August, and that being the first of August as of today. That's right. It's why we don't, you know, all of those other media outlets, they go on summer vacation. We don't. There's too much to talk about. Too much to talk about, and we don't want to leave you in the lurch come September when you come back. You're going to come back to hockey season and training camps and the rookie showcase and so forth uh, in September, and you're going to say, I am so up to date and up to speed on everything that happened this summer because I was listening to Rocket Sports Radio and uh, podcasts like from the Press Box. So we're so glad that you're here with us today. Uh, We do have a lot to talk about might be some ranting happening there might it's just it's going to be a fun show today we're going to talk uh, of course in our first segment um about uh well there's some some rumors floating of course you know Habs fans are still looking for you know what's the big big signing that Mark Bergevin is going to do this summer because so far they haven't had it um and there's a there's a rumor floating around as to someone who uh, a, a defenseman that that folks think might be the one that that Bergevin could go after. We're going to talk a little bit about uh, the potential for that and why or why not that would be a good idea. Um, Nikita Sherback found himself, uh, I'm I'm sure he loves this. Uh, He's back in in Russia. He's going to be playing in the KHL this season. Uh, But he finds himself, of course, in Every Montreal media outlet uh, this last week uh, after an interview that he did uh, with a Russian media organization. Uh, And, of course, it has fanned the flames of controversy among uh, Montreal media. So we're going to just briefly touch on that um, and talk about um, our perspective of of that situation. And uh, finish out segment one with a little bit of fun that the Lehigh Valley Phantoms organization is having outside of the hockey rink this summer. Something pretty unique. Uh, in our second segment, we're going to talk about the final head coaching position that still needs to be filled in the AHL, as well as a couple of um, notable trades before we head into our last segment of the day, where we're going to discuss, uh, again, some potential uh, news within the QMJHL, as well as kind of the the big, we said there is actually hockey going on right now, and that is the case in Plymouth, Michigan. Uh, it is the World Junior Summer Showcase with teams from the U.S., Canada, Finland, and Sweden uh, starting to take a look at their potential rosters for the World Juniors this December. And so we've had full coverage of every game uh, that's happened in that tournament so far. Uh, we're going to give you our report on that and who has stood out, who has not looked so good, uh, and how that has been going. So we've got a jam-packed show for you today. 
fabulous. Love it. Love it, love it, love it. And before I, I, I don't know if you have any national days of the week, but mm-hmm. I have to say, in true, in your true spirit of of national days, two things happened in this past week. Uh, longtime listener, former teammate Kathy, uh, first of all, uh, gave us a heads up about a, a special way to celebrate National Avocado Day. Um, <laughs> Go out we and have just, to? well, you know, go out and just Google like avocado Airbnb or avocado trailer in Australia, and you will find that you can pay real money to stay in a little mini retro vintage RV that's shaped and decorated like an avocado, if that's something that you think would be fun. Okay. Yeah. I think I have other things to spend my money on. And my husband and I did just that on Monday. It was National Lasagna Day. Wow. And because it was, yeah, because it was National Lasagna Day, we went mm-hmm. out to dinner to a local restaurant that was offering a fabulous National Lasagna Day deal. You come, you order dinner. You each have your two dinner entrees, and you get to take home an order of lasagna for free for the, for the next day. Wow. So you come, you eat the delicious meal at the restaurant, and they send you each home with a giant piece of lasagna for the next day. And that's what we did. And it was tremendous. See, now there's something to these national days that... Uh... <laughs> See? <laughs> I think more of these, I, I'm... these companies should participate, but uh, but that sounds like a good way to, to get in on it. I think so, too. It, I think so, too. So it, 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 was, it was quite fun. So uh, we've already hit Avocado Day and National Lasagna Day for the week, so, you know, I'm just... Well, today is, is you know, I... I have a thing for pie. Uh, this wouldn't be my favorite pie, really? but um, raspberry cream pie. National Raspberry Cream Pie Day today. I don't even. I <clears throat> my taste buds are confused. Like I don't even know what that would. Like I know what coconut cream pie tastes like, but raspberry cream pie. I don't. I don't. Mm. And I like raspberry, but I don't know that that sounds good. If any of you listening have ever had raspberry cream pie, please tweet us and let us know what exactly it is or tastes like or inquiring pie minds need to know. Well, there's there's plenty of uh, national days um, uh, coming up this week and uh, tomorrow is National Beer Day and I'm sure that one or two of our listeners have had one or two beers in their day so they can... Chime in about that. There's National Ice Cream Sandwich Day. There's there's National Coloring Book Day. There's National Water Balloon Day. All of those coming up this week. I'm he- I am here for National Coloring Book Day. I'm going to bust out the crayons and uh, do some coloring. National Ice Cream Sandwich Day. Does it count when the sandwich part of the ice cream sandwich is waffles? Oh. A waffle ice cream sandwich? Because I might be having one of those tonight. Uh-oh. Possibly. 
So in other words, you churning out national days of the week for us every week is just making me fat. Is that that's <laughs> 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 um yeah. They're healthy national days, I believe. Absolutely. Absolutely. Um you know what else is healthy? Talking about hockey? Just yeah, in general. Do you know what else is healthy? What's that? The rumor mill in Montreal in the summertime when there's no other <laughs> Always. news. Yeah. <laughs> and of course, you know, we can have the argument six ways to Sunday, up, down, and sideways as to whether or not uh, what Mark Bergevin has done so far this off season has been, uh, will be effective or not. We can, we can speculate, we can analyze it, we can critique it, we can, or, or we can't, whatever. But there are plenty of Habs fans that are out there on social media that are still saying, but we're just, we're like waiting for like the big move. And Rick, you brought this to my attention. I hadn't seen it, um, and it's it. I actually laughed out loud when I when I heard it. it that the, what, there's a rumor now that Sam Moran of the Philadelphia Flyers organization could be up for grabs. And if that's the case, that now Habs fans think that Sam Moran should come to Montreal. Uh, apparently. Um... It was all started by a, one of the Flyers beat writers. Um, I think it's Charlie O'Connor that writes for The Athletic. Okay. And he talked about the the, the changes. Uh, he wrote an article about the changes, uh, particularly on the fifth quarter. Uh, and, uh, you know, the Canadians fans had been quite interested uh, around the trade deadline when it was rumored that Shane Gostaspear was uh, made available. Um, that didn't happen. Uh, a trade didn't happen. And a few weeks back, Chuck Fletcher said, no, we, uh, we like Goss's beer and he's going to be here. And he's very much part of our uh, plans for the fall. Um, so, uh, Charlie O'Connor started counting the bodies and, um, with Goss's beer and, and, uh, Provorov of course has to get a, a, a deal done. He's not yet signed, but that's expected to happen maybe just before, training camp begins you know how high mm-hmm. they are on uh and i am on travis sanheim mm-hmm. um they brought in uh matt niskanen and justin braun uh they got rid of gudis uh apparently um the assistant gm said to make space for uh philippe myers who they like uh a lot uh and that kind of leaves um uh sam moran and robert Hag uh with uh with not a home and um, uh, speculation on who would be uh, sent to the minors. And it seems to be um, in, in his opinion, Sam Moran. And so TBR folks saw that and said, you know, this kid is uh, from Lac Bopor. Um, Got to get him on the Habs. Um, he's a, a left-handed defenseman and um you know, good size uh, that he's, and so the rumor started that that the Canadians should either make a trade for ahead of of training camp uh, or wait till he's placed on waivers uh, to be sent to the uh, Lehigh Valley Phantom and then pounce and claim him on waivers. Um, 
Sam Moran is, yeah, he's he certainly has a size six, six, um, uh, 200 pound defenseman. Um, and you know, there was a lot of promise. He's a first round pick, uh, mm-hmm. but he has fallen down the, the depth chart. Uh, unfortunately he's run into a, a number of injuries. Um, you know, he has uh, a, two thir- a 2013 draft pick and he has just eight games of NHL experience. Um, yeah. So it's, it's, it's going to be tough. It's, um, you know, he's played 20 some odd games in the past two seasons. Um, it, it would be a real gamble, I think. And, and certainly not a player who could factor into the Canadians problems on the left-hand side uh, of the defense this season uh, at the NHL level. Um, he's, he's just not, he just doesn't have the experience. Um, and the Canadians really wouldn't know what, what they had to be able to slot him in somewhere uh, ahead of, of uh, the folks that they do have already uh, signed for the coming season. Well, and that's just it. There's a, there's a couple of things here that, that I'll jump in on. First of all, um, Montreal Canadiens, where are they going to put him? As you say, he's not he's not NHL ready right now. Um, so there's not room for him on the NHL roster. That means you send him to Laval, which is already there is such a backlog at, at every position in Laval. Um, you're effectively bumping someone else who either already has a contract or or a prospect uh, out of, out of position. Secondly, but just to jump in there, they would have to wait 30 days to do that. If they claim him, correct, they would have to keep him on the NHL roster uh, for 30 days. And to go along with that, in my opinion, that would be a huge disservice to Sam Moran because he would likely end up spending a lot of that 30 days in the press box. Let's be honest. Uh, you know, he might get a few games. But I would I would bet that he would spend a lot of that time in the press box. Um, what Sam Moran needs is a full season of staying healthy and getting a, and logging a lot of ice time. Sam Moran in the 2016-17 season played one NHL game and had 74 games in the AHL for the Lehigh Valley Phantoms. He had a, he had a, a decent season. He had 16 points, three goals and 13 assists. Um, penalty prone. He had 129 penalty minutes that season. Um, but, but, you know, that was a few years ago, but he, he put in the time. Then the injuries started happening in the following season, 17, 18, two NHL games, no points and only 15 games in the AHL. Now, in those 15 games, he had a goal and six assists. He had a promising start. But, again, the injury happened. Um, and then leading into last season, he's had injury. He's, he's then come back re-injured, had surgery. Uh, he played two games for the Lehigh Valley Phantoms last season and five games for the Philadelphia Flyers. No points in any of the seven games that he played last season. So, as you mentioned, you know, 22 games in the last two seasons period between the NHL and the AHL. What this young man needs, he still has a lot of upside. He still has a lot of skill. And I still think that Sam Moran shows a lot of promise, but it's a season to get his game confidence back, his game skill back, his game 
and he just he needs to log minutes and he needs to stay healthy. Um, so I don't think picking him up and then, like I said, you slot him in at the NHL level, plays a few games. He isn't exactly what's needed. And as, as you mentioned correctly, Rick, he, uh, they'd have to wait 30 days before they could send him down to Laval. Then he sits. So he sits a lot potentially in the press box again that's not what he needs and then he goes down to Laval where it's already too crowded and and creates all sorts of problems there those are the reasons why I say if that happens to Sam Moran I am perfectly happy to see Sam Moran in Lehigh Valley playing for the Phantoms this season and just getting getting his feet back under him so to speak um and and getting developing his game and getting reacclimated and getting healthy. And, and that's fair. And, and uh, even with re- respect to picking him up on waivers, uh, there's no guarantee that he'll uh, get down to the point where the Canadians can select him. If, if, if the Montreal Canadians want him uh, or think that he is uh, a piece that can help their future on the left side, then, then it would be a trade acquisition and um, I don't think that um, that he's worth, uh, you know, the, what you'd have to give up to get him because the, the I don't think the Flyers are, you know, that he was a first round pick. So they're expecting to get something for him. Um, mm-hmm. um, I, I, I don't know. I, I don't I don't see that working out. Uh, and the simple fact, uh, you know, if if all the fuss is, is because he's a local player. Uh, I, I don't, I don't see him. I don't see him being the person to go after for the, uh, that, that only that sole reason. We're actually going to switch gears right now and, and go from talking about a player who, uh, you know, grew up very close to uh, Montreal and, and the, Montreal Laval area to someone who grew up very, very, very far away from Montreal. In fact, on the other side of the planet, and that is Nikita Sherback. Um, I, if you've listened to this podcast for any length of time, you will know that we have talked ad nauseum about the ups and downs that Nikita Sherback um, experienced while he was with the Montreal Canadiens organization. Um, we have talked at length about our perspective on why things did not work out well for him uh, within the Montreal Canadiens organization. Um, and it, it's, this isn't something that we need to beat over the head too much, but since it's, it seems to be the, um, I don't know, the, the fun gossip of the week that everyone in Montreal wants to chew on um, because they just have nothing else to talk about, um, feel that we need to to make mention of it. And, and you, Rick, and Joe Whalen uh, did discuss this on Canadians Connection last Saturday um, and just want to add some things to it. You know, basically, if you if, – if, Bless your heart, you have not been sucked into the the black hole that is Twitter most days. <laughs> and maybe you aren't aware that uh, Nikita Sherback uh, did a within the last few weeks did uh, an interview with a Russian journalist. Um, now that he is back home in Russia uh, training, um, and in it, this journalist um, 
really took him to task on his time with Montreal and why he didn't feel he was successful both there and in LA um, and kind of baited him a little, tried to bait him a little bit by, by um, trying to get him to connect the dots between all of the Russians that no longer play within the Montreal Canadiens organization uh, and related some sort of experience that she had had with, with Mark Bergevin at a, at a European event, um, all sorts of things. And basically Nikita Sherbeck kind of did his best. To, he had plenty of things to say about his experience in Montreal, but as in terms of, you know, whether or not the Montreal Canadiens organization has something against Russian players, he tried to just kind of, he his words were i think it speaks for itself he wasn't going to take that bait but of course every headline in montreal is that sherback says that the the montreal canadians are quote unquote russophobes that they're you know racist against russians and that anyway and i'll let you rick you know chime in on on your thoughts on that my what 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 boils my blood is to see people attack Nikita Sherback's character as an athlete um, when he's the one who's come out to say, here are the complaints that I had and the reasons that I feel I didn't succeed in Montreal. And instead of listening to a young man be able to say publicly and keeping in mind him saying these things publicly, um, he he knows that that's not going to it's not necessarily beneficial to him at this point in his career to do that, but he's apparently so fed up that he's like, Hey, I'm going to say it. Um, you know, that there were, there were a lot of things that he felt were unfair uh, with the way he was treated. Um, and I will just say for, for us here at the AHL report, um, sadly, none of what Nikita Sherback said in this interview came as a surprise. Um, there are, and I'm not going to go into great detail, um, as credentialed journalists, we are, uh, honored to have the opportunity to, to speak with players, with coaches, with management, with scouts, with staff members. And a lot of those conversations take place off the record. Uh, and the reason that we're given the trust that we are given among these organizations is because, none of those conversations that take place off the record ever appear anywhere in publication. They're kept confidential as, as they were promised. Um, so we have heard from Nikita Sherback himself, many of what he said in this article. Um, we can, we're not going to talk about them, even though he's decided to make some of those things public. We're not going to, we're still going to honor the confidentiality of, of an off the record conversation we had with him. But my, my biggest concern is that everyone seems to want to pile on this kid and say, he's just bitter because he didn't have what it took to make it, that he was too lazy. He didn't have the work ethic that he is the one to blame for not being successful in Montreal. But the problem is, the things that Nikita Sherbak had to say in this, in this, inter, in this interview uh, with the Russian media outlet, a lot of those things are echoes of things that, ha that 
players who have left the organization have said before. But no one wants to hear that. And it's, it's, it's disheartening to me to see fans and media pile on a, a young player who obviously emotionally left North America broken in terms of hockey. And to take that spirit away from a young person to me is just, that's not what the business of hockey should be about. Um, And instead of maybe having an open mind and listening to what he has to say and putting a question mark on it and saying, what if he is telling the truth? What if this all was how things went? How do we feel about that? Instead of automatically assuming that he's just being a drama queen and, and, and throwing Montreal and, and the Canadians under the bus because he wants to deflect blame for his own poor play. Um, Rick, it's just, it's, I feel like we constantly beat ourselves, uh, beat our heads against the wall when it comes to, to Nikita Sherback. Uh, I'm sorry that we're having to bring him up again in this light. Um, it's a conversation I'd wish people would, we, we could all just stop having. Um, what are, what are your thoughts on the whole situation? We're, we're glad to report accurately um, what we know, what we see, what we, and, and some of this is some of the um, conversations that we're privy to are just used as background to understand situations. Um, And, and I know that uh, it's much easier, uh, you know, not to go to practice. It's much easier not to drive all over North America uh, you know, following these players, either, you know, right from prospects and, and uh, when they're in the AHL or, or at, in junior, whatever level they're at, it's much easier to just sit back and run to Twitter and, and um, you know, blame the player. And when you have absolutely no knowledge of the inner workings, um, it's, it's very easy to do that. Uh, we're just going to continue to uh, work as hard as we, we always do gather the information and, and uh, just for those people that want to learn, who want to understand. um, Yeah. Much of what we, we report is um, enlightened by some off the record conversations. Uh, As you said, with respect to Nikita Sherbeck and, and some people are saying, Oh, you know, why are we hearing this now? It's just sour grapes. No, uh, this none of what he said was new. We've we've heard this um, uh, everything uh, before and more. Uh, and as you said, uh, he's not the only one. Uh, this is coming from player after player, both prospects and those with the organization or those that left the organization uh, in one form or, or another. Um, and you know, to, to sit back and say, Oh, it's, you know, it's because it was a bad pick by Timmons. Well, no, it wasn't. Uh, or he, he just didn't work hard enough. No, that's, that's just not true. Um, no. we saw how hard he worked, uh, in practice. We, even when he went to Los Angeles, the, thing, the head coach of the Kings spoke about most of all, how, how uh, good an attitude he had, how hard he worked, how he mm-hmm. wanted to, to be part of the lineup. 
uh, how he went out and blocked shots in games. And Willie Desjardins said, I, you know, I'd like to keep him here, but he hasn't played in months and months and months when he was sitting in the press box in Montreal. So he's not in game condition. Um, and Los Angeles, you know, would have, have signed him back. But as you said, there was a young man who had just been his, his dream uh, of playing in the NHL, his love for hockey, all of that had been uh, destroyed. Um, and he had just uh, been crushed. And that's sad to see. And he's not the only prospect that, that, that it's happened to. Um, so, uh, you know, we're, when, when we're told things off the record, they will remain that way. Uh, we're not the type of, of organization that runs to Twitter, runs to social media, publishes things for clickbait. Uh, in this case, Nikita Sherback knew that um, he was finally making his grievances public, and he mm-hmm. did it on his terms when he wanted That's right. to. That's um, right. He knew that he knew that in talking to us, uh, and other players have have said this. They know. They know for certain it's not going to go anywhere and that um, by sharing these things with us, um, it will only be aired publicly if and when uh, they want it to happen. And, and that Rick is exactly, is exactly kind of the point Um, in, in this modern age of social media and uh, you know, the, the world wide web uh, it's very easy to, overhear a conversation or, or talk to someone or, or see something and run right to Twitter, Facebook, a, a website and, and just kind of spill it out, just vomit it out so that everyone knows about it. And, and that's, I'm not casting judgment positively or negatively on journalists who, who employ that method of, of reporting on every little detail um, but this organization, this media outlet, Rocket Sports Media, does not employ that method of, of journalism. Uh, we have a very strict policy here of anything um, seen, heard, or spoken about behind the scenes in confidentiality stays that way. And we will continue to employ that method of journalistic integrity that, um, you know, we will we will report on on all of the important and and pertinent and and valued information that you've come to rely on year after year after year. Um, And we'll continue to gather bits and pieces behind the scenes to help make all of the educated analysis that we do provide to our listeners and readers so that you also have confidence that the things that you're hearing from this media outlet um, are, are based in some real contextual experience and knowledge. Um, and this is a case where, um, where, where, you know, we, we, we are now able to say, okay, yes, we, we were, we've heard this too. We just weren't at liberty to talk about it. Um, in short, that, that our reporting um, kind of re- reflected using that information as background. Mm-hmm. Um in the past. And, and so that, that's, that's maybe why things um, we had presented differently uh, than some others. And, and you have to understand that this business is a trust business. 
Um, it is. You as the listener trust us um, to report on uh, report honestly and accurately, and and we do that, and we have a trust uh, a relationship with uh, the hockey community, with players, with um, um, team personnel, um, so that they know that that um, we're not going to betray their confidence. You have to understand that yes, uh, as a as a, a media organization. As you said, others can do what they wish, but but they will get one chance to do as they wish. If they mm-hmm. if they betray a confidence, that will be their one and only chance. They'll have their one little nugget of information out on on Twitter, and it will never happen happen again. We've seen it happen where um, organizations get uh, shut down, and 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 then from then on, um, you know the the players or the or the team personnel provide those canned kind of cliched, uh, cliched filled uh, interviews. Um, Mm -hmm. We were able to get more than that. And it's because um, folks trust us. And um, because we have made the solemn commitment that we will not violate that trust. That's right. And, and, you know, this isn't about, there's no, you know, superiority complex here. Like I said, we're not casting any judgment. It's just, this is how, this is how we do things as journalists in this organization. And it's how we'll continue to do things uh, in this organization as journalists. And, um, you know, we're very proud of the fact that um, team members, players, coaches, staffs, uh, scouts, uh, other media members uh, within broadcast, who you name it, um, that we have a very good relationship of trust within the hockey community and we value that very greatly and we would never take that for granted. Um, and we will continue to respect that and uphold that. Um, and in short, I really just hope Nikita Sherback finds his love of the game again. Um, I hope this season in the KHL does wonders for him. Um, and, um, I guess it's a kind of a to be continued and, and hopefully the next time we have uh, the opportunity to mention Nikita Sherback's name, it'll be for positive reasons. <laughs> that is he's a proud young man. He's a talented young man. He's a proud young man. And he was all he uh, wanted was respect for himself and his family. And uh, he didn't get it. And uh, so now, um, you know, Bob Hart- Hartley, we know that name. Uh, the head coach of Avangard reached out to him, and uh, uh, is, he's now going to be a, a member of uh, Avangard in the, the KHL. And as you said, hopefully all of that passion uh, for the game is, uh, can be restored, and he can fill, fulfill his dream in in a in another league. Absolutely, I agree. Uh, speaking of fulfilling some dreams, uh, the Lehigh Valley Phantoms uh, have no shortage of creativity uh, when it comes to both things that happen in the rink at the PPL Center, uh, on their social media platforms with their mascot, Melvin. Um, and also, as far as the things that they do in the off season. and. I just wanted to make quick mention of, of something that uh, this is now, I think the second year in a row, maybe the third, uh, actually it is the third. It's the third consecutive year that they've done this. The Lehigh Valley Phantoms get, uh, get their name out there and, and they really make an effort to bridge the gap 
between different sports in their community. And this is the third year in a row that they've brought together fans of hockey and NASCAR fans. Yes, I said NASCAR. Hmm. (laughs) Uh, For those of you who aren't aware, and if you are into NASCAR racing, um, the Lehigh Valley and the Lehigh Valley Phantoms, uh, where they are located, are less than an hour away from Pocono Raceway. If you're into NASCAR, you know that the Pocono 500 used to be a big thing uh, and, and that Pocono Raceway is a, is a mainstay in the NASCAR community. Uh, it's less than an hour away. Uh, Pocono weekend is a big weekend here in eastern Pennsylvania. Uh, tens of thousands of people come from all over uh, for Pocono weekend. And for the third year, the Lehigh Valley Phantoms have had a car uh, in in a NASCAR race, and um, they did it again this past weekend. If you if you head over to their uh, Twitter account or Facebook account, you'll see all, all the pictures of the car and the event as it took place. Um, they connected this year with veteran driver Reed Sorensen of Premium Motorsports, and the Phantoms had the number 27 car this past Sunday. Uh, Sorensen is a 33-year-old from Georgia. He's in his 15th year as a pro driver, uh, and he's had several career wins in the NASCAR Xfinity Series. Um, and it's really – it's so not only do race fans get to see uh, this car that's decked out like Lehigh Valley Phantoms orange and black, let me tell you. You can't miss it. But then during the hockey season, they have NASCAR night – Uh, at the PPL Center. It's one of their promotional nights, and they'll bring the drivers into the PPL Center and have them on the concourse to do autographs and photos with fans. And it's it's just, you know, not enough credit is given to AHL teams and the creative ways they get out into their community. They try to spread a love of hockey. They try to grow the hockey community. And this, this I just think, is a really creative way and and unique way to kind of make a bridge between two very different kinds of sports fans um, and, and just uh, just a lot of fun for the Phantoms. So be sure to check out the photos there. And of course, if you're ever in Eastern Pennsylvania during Pocono weekend uh, in a summer coming up, I'm sure you'll want to be looking out for the Lehigh Valley Phantoms car. <laughs> um, you are going to want to be looking out for our next segment, which is coming up right after this break. Don't go anywhere. We're going to take a quick break. And on the other side, we're going to talk about a couple of things happening around the AHL in the last week. So don't go anywhere. For all the latest news, interviews, analysis, and commentary about the Laval Rocket, Lehigh Valley Phantoms, and every other team in the American Hockey League, as well as information on prospects, junior hockey, and international hockey, head over to ahl.report, the home of the AHL Report. Follow along on Twitter at the AHL Report for live game updates, ringside photography, game recaps, and articles containing exclusive audio and video of your favorite players. That's the AHL Report, proud partner of Rocket Sports Media, ahl.report. From the Press Box is proud to be a partner of Rocket Sports Media, digital media publishers of sports and entertainment websites. Their mission is to build a worldwide network of sports fans who are informed, engaged, entertained, and connected. Learn more about RSM, its team, and its portfolio of brands at rocketsportsmedia.com. 
Welcome back to From the Press Box here on the AHL Report. I'm your host, Amy Johnson, joined once again by my co-host, Rick Stevens. And don't forget, be sure to hit us up on Twitter any time of the week, any time of the year. We are always there and uh, looking forward to and ready to, to chat with fans if they've got, uh, if you have a question, if you've got some comments, if you have some feedback, or if you just want to talk about, uh, you know, a, a rumor you've heard or or want some uh, some insight on a certain player. Uh, maybe it's not even a player in the organization that, that you support. Maybe it's somebody else that you've heard about. Whatever it is, give us a shout at uh, online, at uh, on Twitter, at the AHL Report. That's at the AHL Report on Twitter. And we are always happy to hear from our listeners and followers. Um, Rick, you're going to be happy to hear something. What's that? You have been like the eagle eye watchdog all summer for when all of the head coaching positions in the American league were going to get filled. And there's been one holdout one. And we were starting to get nervous. Like uh, guys, it's a month till the season. Guys, yeah. do you know training camp starts in a month and you don't have a head coach yet? Well, hallelujah. The New York Rangers have now hired a head coach for their AHL affiliate, the Hartford Wolfpack. Can you believe it? Hallelujah. That's great. Mm-hmm. You know who it is? It who is, is it? none other. Well, Flyers fans will know this name uh, because he was most recently an assistant coach for the Flyers for the last two seasons. And that would be Mr. Chris Knobloch becomes the seventh head coach of the Hartford Wolfpacks in its history. Um yeah, it's uh, two seasons as the assistant coach with Philadelphia Flyers. Um, he had seven seasons as a head coach in the CHL with the Kootenai Ice, the Erie Otters. Um, and now will take over behind the bench for Hartford. So I guess he's got a very quick turnaround and a lot of work uh, ahead of him to get ready for the upcoming season. So this was part of um, – they. The Rangers certainly took their time, and 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 I think part of it was uh, John Davidson coming in uh, with the Rangers, and he he talked a lot about how important development was. He said that that uh, Hartford was in need of fixing, uh, and spent time with Jeff Gordon, the the, uh, the GM, and and Chris Drury, the 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 GM of of Hartford, uh, finding the right person, and and. We look back, it was uh, Keith McCambridge uh, was the head coach last year. Um, the Wolfpack uh, were last in the Atlantic, so he was relieved of his duties. Uh, and Knobloch came available. Um, uh, the Flyers at the end of the season um, knew that they were going to go on a, 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 coach, a coaching search, so they returned Scott Gordon to Lehigh Valley, uh, paired up with Kerry Huffman. And they let two of the assistants um, go, um, Knobloch and Rick, Rick Wilson. Um, now, Knobloch last year uh, with the Flyers, as I understand, was in charge of the power play um, and um, uh, wasn't uh, a stellar year for the Flyers' power play. Um, but um, Knobloch's, uh, I, think, I think his strength is in teaching and developing. And, and as you said, he was, over the course of 10 years, he was, um, he split time at various CHL times and, and also uh, CIS um, 
teams, and so he's good at dealing with uh, with uh, uh, developing players, and and uh, I think they're they're pretty happy to get him, and and um, um, well, let's hope that that uh, he's able to turn things around in in Hartford. Um, all right. Well, we will uh, be sure to keep. There's bound to be plenty more things happening around the AHL uh, in the upcoming weeks as we get closer to the season. When we come back after this quick break, however, we're going to go beyond the AHL. Rick's going to talk a little bit about uh, some some news happening with the QMJHL, and then we're going to dive into yes, hockey coverage in late July, early August. It is that time of year. World Junior Summer Showcase is in full effect. We're in the middle of the tournament. We're going to give you all the breakdowns on the Habs and Flyers prospects, how they've been doing, how the teams have been doing, and what you, what you can expect for the rest of the tournament. So don't go anywhere. We'll be back with that right after this quick break. Be sure to follow us on social media. Find us on Twitter at The AHL Report. Check out our original game photography on Instagram at AHL Report. And watch our exclusive video interviews with players, coaches, and other notable hockey names on our YouTube channel, at AllHabs. Just remember to turn on notifications so that you never miss a video. The AHL Report, your premier source for Laval Rocket, Lehigh Valley Phantoms, and all American Hockey League news. From the Press Box is proud to be a partner of Rocket Sports Media, digital media publishers of sports and entertainment websites. In addition to building a worldwide network of sports fans, the team at RSM is also dedicated to mobilizing the sports community in ways that make a difference in the lives of others. Giving back to the community bridges the gap between team affiliations. It's something any fan can support. RSM proudly provided support for organizations and projects like Hockey Fights Cancer, Five Hole for Food, the Montreal Canadiens Children's Foundations, Autism Speaks, Leukemia and Lymphoma Society of Canada, and the People of Canada Portrait Project, just to name a few. If you would like to be involved with a Rocket Power project or have a worthy fundraising initiative you'd like us to be part of, please contact us at rocketsportsmedia.com. Welcome back again to From the Press Box here on the AHL Report. I'm your host, Amy Johnson, joined by my co-host, Rick Stevens. And again, don't forget to hit us up on Twitter Anytime you have a question, that's at the AHL report on the Twitters. Uh, and we're always happy to interact with our fans and listeners and followers and readers. And uh, there's always lots to talk about. Could be NHL, could be AHL, could be, oh, I don't know, Rick, CHL, QMJHL. Is there anything happening be. with that this summer? <laughs> Well, absolutely. We're called the AHL Report, but we, as uh, longtime listeners and, and readers will know, is uh, that we do have a, a quite a focus on prospects, and and so it's the summer is always a time to take a look at what's happening uh, in the CHL, and and um, had a chance to to uh, take a look at at uh, the the queue um, um, itself. Um, um, and the kinds of things that that might be coming up. Um, of course, the 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 Q celebrated their 50th anniversary and and um, are in, are still on a, a bit of a, a cloud after uh, the Huskies won the Memorial Cup um, this past spring. Um, and the question always kind of comes up: Okay, what's next? Is there are there expansion plans? And and Joe Corteau, the uh, commissioner, he's been commissioner since '86, was asked. 
uh, I think it was back in February about uh, expansion plans. And, and he said, no, no, I don't think so. Um, uh, that the, the queue had some interest um, in, in uh, St. John's, um, but that that's impossible given uh, now that they have the growlers as, uh, as a tenant for mile one. Um, we remember that um, prior to, uh, the AHL and ECHL uh, being in St. John's, that it was quite an active market for the queue with mm-hmm. St. Jan- John's Fog Devils who were there um, and uh, just how things work. Uh, the Fog Devils uh, were moved to Verdun um, to become the Montreal Juniors, and then Joel jo Bouchard was involved in uh, taking the Juniors and moving them to uh, Blainville to become the Armada. Um but one thing, uh, things maybe uh, are, are starting to change because I heard a recent interview with Courteau and he, he was talking um, about the lack of American talent in the QMJHL. Um, and at one point last year, there was only seven Americans uh, in the Q. There was 52 in the OHL and 37 in the WHL. And, and he said um, to get more players for the Q that they'd need a U.S. franchise. Um, uh, the last American team in the queue was the Lewiston Maniacs. Uh, they were disbanded in 2011. Uh, but there seems to be some uh, interest. And the quote from Corteau was, it's one of my goals to go back to the States, the New England area specifically, and, and um, looking at, at uh, in the future, maybe two teams um, there. And uh, he spoke in particular about uh, Manchester. And we remember uh, with the AHL, ECHL kind of movement a few years back, uh, Manchester was mm-hmm. left without a team. Um, so uh, there's some, some interesting um, um, thought happening and, 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 and uh, not plans at this point, but just an openness. Um, and so at the same time, um, I, I, I uh, took a look at the, um, uh, OHL and and we know David Branch has been there forever uh, way back to 1979 40 years he's been commissioner of the OHL um, and he's actually had a second duty added to that uh, he became president of the CHL the, the mm. governing body and he's been that since um, 1996 and um, the o with respect to uh, expansion the 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 ohl seems pretty happy uh with their 20 team league uh but they are open also to expansion and they'd be looking for uh, an opportunity in in new york state um but uh david branch is going to be able to focus full time on the the ohl now because that chl portfolio has been taken off um uh, his hands. Uh, there's been a, a search, I think it was since April or early May, ongoing for a full-time president of the CHL. And uh, just last week, uh, the Canadian Hockey League uh, announced that they've hired Dan McKenzie to be the, the league's first full-time president. Um, oh. And Dan, Dan McKenzie has come from um, uh, a sports uh, background. He uh, spent the last eight years as the managing director of NBA Canada. Um, so he's going to come in and, and look at marketing, look at um, uh, 
uh, one of the issues uh, that's that's kind of been a, a problem. If you if you like following junior hockey, uh, right now you have to uh, subscribe to three separate sc- streaming packages for the mm-hmm. uh, WHL, OHL, and, and Q, and and uh, so that's probably one of those things that's uh, that's on his his list. And and Dan McKenzie will report to uh, a council, and that council will have. So David Branch and the uh, commissioner from um, uh, the WHL, Ron Robinson, um, as well. Um, so it sounds like um, there. One of the frustrations has always been, you know, the leagues kind of operate uh, on their own. Uh, scholarships are a bit different. Some of the rules are a bit different. And maybe there's becoming a move with respect to marketing, with respect to uh, TV viewing, with respect to. Uh, some of the policies that uh, this is going to be junior hockey in Canada might be a little bit more of a, a cohesive unit under a new CHL um, president, that being Dan McKenzie. It's going to be really interesting to see how all of that develops. What What are your thoughts on how well that'll be received, particularly, you know, fan base or, or, you know, coverage and, and so forth. I mean, it, to me, it makes sense. Uh, to me, it's it's a great way to to keep expanding and and broadening the talent pool and so forth. What are your What are your thoughts on that? Well, it's interesting because the three bodies have have operated pretty independently and and kind of uh, fiercely independently. That they're they're very proud of uh, of their differences. Uh, let's say uh, some of those differences, mm-hmm. particularly with respect to, to scholarships. Uh, fall back to the educational systems, and there's there's real differences between Quebec and Ontario in the West with respect to uh, uh, those kinds of uh, of rules. Um, mm-hmm. But I think there's an openness, and we're seeing that each year uh, the Memorial Cup just keeps growing and growing and growing, uh, and uh, that's a showcase for for all three leagues. And so that if there was, uh, you know, it didn't just happen at the Memorial Cup if if that sort of cooperation coordination happened uh, a little bit more throughout the the season, I think uh, there's an openness um, from the league, uh, from the leagues uh, towards that. And, and possibly the fans too, particularly if there's um, um, you know, they can roll out some sort of uh, TV streaming where, where fans are able to get all three leagues um, uh, all in one, one single package. I think that would, that would be very popular. I think so too. And, you know, if, if Dave Andrews and the AHL could make such strides in the past uh, year or so to make AHL streaming much more accessible for, for fans and viewers, um, I, I would hope that, that the CHL could kind of follow in those kinds of footsteps and, and find a way to, to make their viewers uh, and their viewing ability more accessible to fans uh, as well. It's exciting. I like it. What else is exciting and that we like um, is the fact that we are covering hockey in the dog days of summer. That's like super exciting. That's very exciting. It is like actual hockey games. Um that is that time of year where it is the World Junior Summer Showcase, previously known as USA Hockey's uh, National Junior Evaluation Camp, which used to take place in Lake Placid, New York. 
uh, now seems to be alternating between Plymouth, Michigan and a location in Canada every year, every year so far. Um, and so this year it is back in Michigan. So the USA team, uh, Team Canada, Sweden and Finland all come together for about a week and they do a little mini tournament. Uh, Canada and the U.S. both have split squads uh, so that they can make cuts and rotate uh, players in and out of the lineup from game to game and start to give coaches for the national teams their first looks at the potential guys to make the final roster for the World Juniors that begins on Boxing Day. Um, Yes, we are talking about the World Juniors in August. This is where, you know, selection really starts to take place. Uh, The U.S. has already made uh, some cuts this week. Um, And, Rick, it's been... You know, I, I, we've we've been covering this event for, gosh, at least five years now. I think something like that. Um, and every year we say this is this is probably one of the events for live hockey coverage that we look forward to the most uh, every year because it's really good hockey, and it's a really exciting way to see guys who've just been drafted or who are eligible to be drafted next year and get to see them up close and, and do your own evaluation of, of why they were, uh, you know, top scouting targets. There's a lot of talent, a, a lot of talent. And uh, the North American teams um, uh, bring expanded rosters. I think the, uh, the U S started, they had a, a blue and white squad, a, a blue squad mm-hmm. and a white squad. And they had a total of 46, 45 players. Uh, yeah, which they were looking to evaluate. And then, of course, we'll pare it down to a, a reasonable roster size um, uh, for the World Juniors starting on the on Boxing Day. Uh, mm-hmm. Canada was around the 35-36 mark in, in terms of uh, their expanded squad. Um, and so there's, there's lots of, as you said, uh, both uh, players drafted in the last two years and those draft eligible for uh, uh, the 2020 draft in Montreal – and um, a chance to see them play head to head, which uh, which is 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 important. Um, and it's it's I think it's 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 also kind of an important lesson to um, you know as you said we've been covering this for years and and uh, some of the mainstream media have not. Uh, a lot of fans mm-hmm. are getting their first looks, and you know there's particularly for Montreal Canadiens fans. Um, I think they've been kind of riding a, a bit of a cloud um, uh, bragging about uh, their prospect pool. Um, and um, it was kind of a bit of a shock in, in game, uh, the first Canada U S game when, you know, Cole Caulfield was on the third line and, and uh, <laughs> uh, Alan McShane was kind of the, the extra forward and, and um, uh, it, 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 it it's kind of a lesson. Um, oh, Jordan Harris was a healthy scratch uh, in that. Right. Um, so I, I think it's a lesson for, for fans uh, that, um, you know, other teams have prospects too and, yeah. and some really good ones. And, and uh, we've seen some uh, terrific performances so far uh, uh, at the, as, as we're maybe halfway through the, uh, the list of games. We have uh, to catch you up for Habs fans. Uh, Jordan Harris is playing for Team USA defenseman. Cole Caulfield, of course, is is part of the forward core for Team USA. Uh, Jacob Olafson 
forward for Sweden and for Canada, Alan McShane is playing. Uh, Cole Fonstad was invited to play for Canada, but uh, he is not able to participate in this, in this camp. So he is not there for Flyers fans. Uh, some big names for you. The U.S. three three guys on the U.S. team: Cam York, Bobby Brink, and Joel Farabee, and then Adam Ginning playing for for Team Sweden. Um, and like you say, Rick, it's I think that's the most exciting thing about this tournament is you've got you know f- fans can watch this this event and be excited about your prospects and and be excited about the Cole Caulfields and be excited about uh the Cam Yorks and the and the Bobby Brinks um but then you also get to see all of the other prospects around the league that are just as exciting to watch um and sometimes even more exciting or hey I I understand now why that guy's why that guy went went first overall this year. I understand now why Kirby Doc went number three overall, because let me tell you, he's been lights out uh, in, in this tournament so far. Um, and so that's not just, you know, Cole Caulfield being on the third line doesn't take anything away from Cole Caulfield's ability. It just means the prospect pool right now around the league is pretty darn deep. Um, and, and of course these teams are rotating players all over the place. Um, but it's been it's been an exciting you know Canada didn't get didn't get there until Sunday night uh so the US split squad uh, took took their turns against Finland and Sweden over the weekend uh but now that Canada's there they had a they had a game against the US uh on Tuesday and then yesterday uh the US played Sweden and Canada faced Finland and <laughs> these last three games have been like a tale of complete opposites every single time, right? Starting with, you know, Canada, Canada kind of kicked the teeth in on the U S on, on Tuesday. Uh, that was Canada showed up in style. Let's just say that. <laughs> and yeah, Canada was, was great against uh, the U S and then uh, <laughs> uh, Finland turned tables and, and uh, dominated against, against Canada. But um you know, there's been some some um, great individual performances with respect to Cole Caulfield. Yeah, he's he's a five on five. Maybe he hasn't uh, um, uh, been that outstanding. Um, he's got an empty net goal. He had a great snipe uh, for a power play goal uh, where you saw his his mm-hmm. quick release and his great shot. The beautiful um, goal. But yeah, it was. And and uh, but. Uh, you know, caution, don't follow the, <laughs> the highlights, watch the games, because uh, for those that uh, I think even before this tournament, we're thinking, uh, well, uh, Kanyemi did it. Why can't Caulfield uh, begin the season in Montreal? He's not, he's not, he's not close to being ready. No. Um, uh, not close. And that's, that's no slight against him. He'll uh, have a, a great year. I, I'm, I'm sure at uh, the University of Wisconsin. Absolutely. Um, yeah, and 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 good luck to him there. The 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 performances that uh, we have been impressed with, or at least have impressed me, um, Kirby Doc, as you you mentioned, uh, he's been he's been great. Nick Robertson, uh, Doc is a, a Chicago Blackhawks uh, prospect. Nick Robertson uh, for the Leafs. Joe Valeno, selected last year by the Red Wings. Oliver Wallstrom, um, Wallstrom mm-hmm. uh, the, with the Islanders, and remember. The Islanders got Noah Dobson and, and Oliver Wallstrom. Alex Turcott, 
uh, for the Kings has been terrific. Um, I, I, I hate to say this. I really hate to say this, but the Bruins pick John Beecher has been very, very good. Um, and yeah, those, those mostly from the Canadian and U S teams. Um, but, uh, uh, from the, the, uh, the Swedish team, a draft eligible, um, probably the most impressive player in the tournament so far has been Lucas Raymond for Sweden. Uh, and also Alexander Holtz, uh, both of them mm-hmm. uh, are are almost sure bets to go top ten um, in the 2020 draft. So there's lots and lots of talent. Um, uh, Vili Hanola has been good. The Jets pick uh, for Finland. Um, there's there it's it's been uh, a great tournament so far, and lots of uh, outstanding um, uh, players to watch. I agree with you on on all of those players, in particular with John Beecher, as you said, kind of much to your chagrin having to say it. In fact, I tweeted yesterday uh, about Beecher in particular. A number of years ago in Lake Placid, we had the opportunity to cover uh, Pasternak at that tournament, and he stood out to us then. He impressed us, and, and we kind of said, hey, Boston, hate to say it, <laughs> but Boston's got something pretty special there. Um, and, and that is definitely happening again with John Beecher. John Beecher has been one of the most dynamic players of the tournament. Um, Boston got him at 30th overall in the first round this, this year. Um, and, uh, quite a good pick there have to tip, tip the hat to their scouting staff on, on John Beecher. Um, as far as the other, the other Habs and Flyers, uh, prospects, um, Alan McShane has been, uh, serviceable. Uh, he, he's not done anything to lights out, uh, f- at least for me. Jacob Olofsson, now, Sweden had a tough time yesterday uh, against the U.S. Um, Sweden, Sweden did not fare well uh, yesterday at, at all. Um, and so, in fact, they got, they got shut out uh, by, by Team USA yesterday. So it was a little difficult to judge Jacob Olofsson's performance yesterday However, he was censoring a very talented line. Uh, in fact, you mentioned the other two players on his line, uh, Lucas Raymond and, um, and Holtz, uh, on the second line. And, and when he had his opportunities, Ol- Olofsson was in the right places. He was going into the corners. He was getting a shot off when, when he could. Um, for Philadelphia, Cam York outstanding just outstanding uh he he's he is uh showing off his two-way skills he he danced through the through the crease and tried to deke around one of the goaltenders this week and almost and almost had it uh he makes it look effortless uh had a great uh goal earlier this week when Cole Caulfield actually had a beautiful uh pass back to him uh on the blue line from the circle that he just pulled the trigger and, and Cam York just ripped it uh, right down the ice uh, into the net. Uh, so, so those two have, have been very good together. Um, Joel Farabee, man, Joel Farabee is, you can tell he wants to, he wants to make this team. However, I think the team that he really wants to make is the Flyers. Uh, and if he plays in camp the way he's been playing in this tournament, he's got a good shot at it. Uh, Joel Farabee has been on the top line um, in just about every game that he's played, and he is making plays. He's making himself his presence very known, um, and uh, really looking forward to see what else 
to see what else he does. And and Rick, Bobby Brink uh, is the other Flyers prospect who is there, was taken um, second round, 34th overall by the, by the Flyers uh, at this year's draft. Um, there's aspects of his game that I like. And then, and then there's, we, we've talked um, a little bit about some things that he could work on as well. Great hands, uh, just really great hands, uh, finds the, the right areas. His, his skating is, is just, you, you, ha- you, you get mesmerized watching it because you're wondering if he put his skates on the wrong feet or something. <laughs> um, if he gets that under control, he's going to be a dynamite player. He's going to be the kind of player that is going to draw comparisons to Debrinkat. Um, he's just, he's a little buzz size all over the place and, and certainly has the skill, um, as well to, to match. One other player that I know, um, yesterday in yesterday's games that, uh, was, was noticeable on team Sweden. What were your thoughts on Lassie Thompson? Uh, the Ottawa, uh, senators pick, um, mm-hmm. he was, uh, he's not afraid to, to uh, get involved in the play, uh, no. the offense. And, and um, I, I thought he was, um, I thought he was very good, um, scored a nice goal. Um, it was the, um, uh, it, Philip Broberg uh, was, um, I, mm-hmm. it's, it's hard to keep your eyes off him. The, just such a beautiful skater. Um, and the same when when uh, Team Canada is playing Boehm Byron uh, Byram on the uh, back end, he he uh, impressed me um, for as with respect to goaltenders. Um, I don't think they've had uh, such a good camp so far, except Spencer Knight. Um, he was terrific yeah. for for the Americans and and uh, earned the shutout. Uh, you mentioned um, Jacob Olsson, and you're right that he. He didn't do anything particularly outstanding yesterday, but um, a go- um, the goal that he scored against uh, when the, the USA squad was split, and it was a controversial yes, goal, but the move that he made was spectacular in overtime in, in scoring a winning goal. Um, I, 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 that that um, he, he has a lot of skill, uh, and uh, it came out there. It's, it's exciting hockey to watch. Um, and the nice thing, the first half of the tournament uh, was only available on online streaming via a paid subscription. For those of you who are looking for it online, of course, uh, if you couldn't, if you, if you didn't have that paid subscription, you could just follow along with our coverage because we had full live tweeting of every game. Um, if you go to ahl.report, you will find a full game recap, including stats, a game summary, video highlights, you name it, just as we do with our AHL games uh, for every single game that's been played so far. So I, I, I encourage you to go to ahl.report and you'll see exactly what all of your favorite prospects have been doing at this tournament this week. Um, but now the coverage has switched to TSN. So yesterday's games were available on TSN and uh, simulcast on the NHL network in the United States. So what's left for this week? Well, Friday, uh, the, the teams have off uh, today. Uh, USA and Canada canceled their practices today. So they're taking a, a rest day. Finland and Sweden did have limited practice today. Uh, so game action returns tomorrow, which is Friday, August 2nd. That'll kick off at 1 p.m. Eastern with Sweden taking on Canada and Finland taking on the U.S. at 4 p.m. 
And then on Saturday, which is the last day of the tournament, Sweden and Finland will face off at 1 o'clock, and then the U.S. and Canada will have one more go-round at 4 p.m. Uh, and again, you can see all of those north of the border on TSN, south of the border. You can tune into the NHL network, and of course, we'll have complete coverage at the AHL report. And Rick, it's just, it's, it's just, it's. Everyone else says, is it October yet? And it's fun because we get to say, is it the end of July yet? Because that's when we get to start doing hockey coverage again, <laughs> which, is, which is very, very fun. <laughs> and just that's right. Of, you know, go ahead. Just great, exciting hockey. Really exciting hockey. It is. And, and when, when you get to be, to be there, I mean, every GM and scout known to man goes to this thing. Um, I mean, it's, it's like, going to the draft 2.0 and then some because even more of the scouts and and so forth are there um because not only are they looking at the guys who they just drafted they're looking at the other half of the players are all eligible for next year so it's a it's just it's a it's a wonderful event um and i'm glad to see that it's growing in popularity we've been covering it forever and a day uh we can remember being shoved in a tiny little you know, section of the bleachers, which was roped off from media up in Lake Placid. So it's come a long, it's come a long way as the event continues to grow. And uh, we're so glad that you're along for the ride. And uh, we've been getting a lot of great feedback from our followers, uh, both in the in the Habs community and in the Flyers community, um, just saying how much they appreciate uh, the the insight and and the coverage. And and so we'll continue to do that for the rest of this week. And I guess with that, oh, you know what else? Um, we should mention, if you want to follow along for that coverage, again, that's at the AHL Report on Twitter. Uh, I can be found at Flyers Rule, and Rick can be found at All Habs. Uh, so make sure you're following those accounts on Twitter. That keeps you that keeps you up to date. Uh, and then, of course, Rick, in, in addition to this podcast, Rocket Sports Radio has three other podcasts. Uh, that that we certainly encourage and welcome our listeners to to check out. Uh, and where can they find those? Well, this Saturday there has uh, there is every Saturday uh, a live podcast at 1 p.m. Eastern called the Canadians Connection. Uh, Joe Whalen and I um, uh, man that and and uh, and discuss everything Montreal Canadiens. Um, in addition to Canadians Connection and from the press box. We also have uh, Hab a Listen and Habs Unfiltered. All four podcasts are available um, to you where you get your podcasts. Uh, and uh, to, to get all four of them, you just have to search for Rocket Sports Radio, Rocket Sports Radio, and uh, subscribe, and, and you'll get uh, uh, all four podcasts to take with you this uh, summer to keep you up to date. We love it. We love to hear from you. We're so glad you're tuning in all summer long. And trust me, it's August 1st. September is going to be here before you know it. And uh, we'll be getting into preseason and training camps. And it'll be back before you know it. Rick, thanks so much for joining, uh, joining me again this week. It's always so much fun to talk about hockey, even when it's sweltering hot outside. Uh, indeed it is. It's... Uh... <laughs> It's it's uh, makes the summer go by much quicker when we can uh, talk about all things happening in the hockey community. 
Absolutely. I agree. Thanks so much for tuning in. Enjoy the rest of your week. We'll be back again next Tuesday to give you the wrap up from the World Junior Summer Showcase and let you know how the rest of the tournament turned out. In addition to all of the other news that's bound to crop up between now and then. Thanks so much for joining us. I'm again, I'm your host, Amy Johnson. Enjoy the rest of your week. Enjoy the first weekend of August. And we will see you back here again next Tuesday, right here on From the Press Box. And keep on wishing. Remember your dream is your only scheme. So keep on pushing. 